my advice is to just start where you are and make one healthy change every day or every week, because it's in the long run, it's the consistency that plays the most valuable role. And you don't ever have to run to meet your fitness goals. You don't ever have to, um, you know, become take hit classes to reach your goals. And there's lots of ways you can experience health and fitness. And so that would be my advice is honor where you are and make small improvements. And then if it feels good, don't look back. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle and welcome back to the show. First, I just want to say that I hope wherever you're tuning in from that you and those you love are doing well. I just so appreciate the time that you take to tune in and I hope that you've been getting value from the interviews. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership as well as the power of fitness to improve your body, mind, and spirit. And joining us today to have this conversation is an expert in both leadership and in fitness. For over 25 years, Amy Boone Thompson has been in the fitness world, and she has been a leader in that world, both as an entrepreneur as well as in leadership roles. And she's going to share her best tips on how to launch a business, what the mindset is to be successful, the importance of confidence and how to foster confidence if you don't have it when you're starting out in your work. And she's also going to share her best tips on how to make working out and taking care of your body a habit. You know, we discuss what holds some people back and what things you can implement to really take care of you. So whether you're looking to improve as a leader, start your own company in whatever space is exciting to you, or you're building or trying to scale your company, or you want to make your body a priority, this episode covers all of that and more. So let's get into the show. Hey, Amy, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, So I'd like to kick off this interview with having you take us into your childhood. I know a little bit about your story. I know that you are one of 10 children and that sports were a huge part of your life for you personally and for your family and that informed the work that you ended up doing in the world. So I'd love it if you take us into your story. Yes, I'd love to. Thanks. Um, Yeah, so I was raised on a farm in Provo, Utah, and I was raised one of 10 children. I'm the third born, so I was one of the older children. And that meant that I raised my younger brothers and sisters. Um, But we were raised with lots and lots of love, but not a lot of money. So um, while my parents were both college graduates, college, there really wasn't an expectation for me to go to college. I was raised to be a mother first and foremost, and which I am, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, But I wanted something more and I um, created some dreams for myself 
in my young childhood. So I worked really hard to earn money from babysitting so I could go to different sports camps and buy some basketball high tops and uh, really uh, provide the tools and resources that I needed to get the coaching. And I ended up landing in a great high school program where the girls took a state championship in basketball. I started learning volleyball at an older age, but fell in love with that sport as well. And I ended up getting seen by college coaches and I earned a scholarship to junior college to play basketball, volleyball, and run track. You did all three? And I did all three in junior (laughs) college, yes. They made me work for my money. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But at that college, it was just about four hours from home, which was perfect because I was dying to get out of the house. And of course, within an hour of me leaving, my bedroom was taken by the next in pecking order. <laughs> um, but at junior college, we ended up having a great deal of success. And I started proactively reaching out to various Division One coaches in areas of the country where I would like to play. Mm. And we went to the junior college championships to play basketball. And there the division one coaches came to watch me play and then offered me a scholarship to play division one basketball at George Mason university. Um, So there I also got to play out my eligibility in volleyball and it just was really not only a ticket out of the house, but it was an opportunity for me to, to get an education and to open doors to a career that really I could create for myself. This is such a good story. Now, I know that you were valedictorian of your junior high school, so mm-hmm. your grades were on point. Obviously, this was not just a, a scholarship based on uh, your ability to play these sports very you know, correct. Well, yeah. you you also would have been able to, from your grades, been able to maybe get into these schools, but maybe not have afforded it. Um, and I know you talk about earning visibility and <laughs> respect. Can you talk to us about what you were learning through this process, and um, also just to be so proactive to reach out to Division One coaches to come watch you? I mean, this took some level of confidence and a, a, a more of a knowing of yourself um, mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Can you speak to more, speak more on that? Yeah. Yes. And I would add, this is pre-internet. So now there are entire businesses based around mm-hmm. helping kids to get visibility and to be recruited using internet tools. And it's, it's all become a, a million dollar business. Wow. But at the time we had to be very proactive. So it was a matter of making a VHS tape in high school and sending that out to prospective coaches and writing them a letter and then picking up the phone and trying to reach someone in the athletic department. So um, with division one coach, it was actually clear cross country. It was, I was going from Idaho to Virginia. So that is uh, the coach I reached out to. And the reason I reached out to that coach was my sister had gone back East to be a nanny. And Mm -hmm. I thought, well, why don't I at least to go where I have family? Mm -hmm. Um, so I found the coach and I had flown out to stay with my sister for a month or so. And I walked in the office and said, um, come watch me play. I'll be a sophomore at the college of Southern Idaho. And sure enough, he showed up at our tournament and that led to the opportunity. Wow. Okay. So 
tell us what that next step was though after college i mean did you you, the fitness world is your life still and continued to be so obviously you were felt aligned to it so tell us where it took you next so when I finished college, I was, to make ends meet, I was an assistant strength and conditioning coach at my own university. Mm. And at the same time, I had taken a job as a personal trainer at an all-women's club. And I, it was a really pivotal time for me because at that, in that moment, I was really pulled toward the place where I felt the most impact. And it was these women who had to overcome so much personal adversity to find their, their personal, to meet their personal fitness goals. Um, they wanted to be there. They, I knew I made a difference in their lives. I got, I got, I think I got more out of the sessions than maybe they did because I just felt so fulfilled in the work I was doing. And I didn't get that same feeling from working with the athletes Um, maybe because I was an athlete and I needed to create space from that. But it, what it led to was this career of working in health clubs and being in the fitness space and getting that sense of satisfaction and reward from the work that I did. So for the next 10 years, I moved to San Diego. I have held nearly every job in a health club, Mm. including personal trainer, group fitness instructor, fitness manager, general manager, leagues director. Um, I've taken national roles and I have been a fitness executive now for 25 years. Wow. Wow. Okay. This is cool. Okay. So um, now I know that, you know, one of my guests, Kristen Kale, you Mm -hmm. both played basketball together. um, And you mentioned before the mics went on that you too are in over six feet tall, or are you six feet yes. tall? You are. Yes. So <laughs> Kristen, when she was on the show, talked about how other women and people were intimidated by her height. Um, I'm just curious, uh, just as, as, as an aside with all of this, because when you're in leadership roles and starting your companies, what was your experience? Did you have a similar experience as Kristen with that? So she and I've talked about that actually, and we had similar experiences in a lot of ways where being tall um, demands a little bit of respect, I would suppose. Mm -hmm. Like I never had to get in fistfights. I never had to, (laughs) uh, you know, I can, I take up a a space. So when you step into a meeting room, regardless of who's in the other seats, you, you have a presence in a space naturally. Um, However, I, like Kristen talked about, she always wears flats and she tries to sit down and not stand up. I do the opposite. Mm. I wear heels and I stand up <laughs> I and it. shake people's hands and look them in the eyes. <laughs> so we have, uh, we've adapted different approaches to honoring our height, but I often say, I wish I were a little taller now that I've grown into my, my power, if you will, and my height. Mm. And I hope my daughter grows to be six too. I, I hope that for her. I love it. And I think, you know, it's so interesting everyone's perspective on or the the that people think it's okay to comment so amy where did you go um so when did you start your own businesses did those come before or after you went into leadership roles at other companies 
So with fitness, unfortunately, it is uh, one of those careers where there's not a, there you don't get into it for the money. So I have always had a side hustle or my own business while I've worked full time. Mm. And I mentioned working as a strength and conditioning coach and then as a personal trainer. I've also been a full time massage therapist. I I co-founded and ran the semi pro women's basketball league on the side of my other job. I opened a yoga studio in La Jolla. Um, as a side gig to my full-time job. And I have a fitness networking group that I started in 2008 that is um, that ha- now has about 30,000 people. And it's a side gig for me. It really is about connecting people and, and fueling my passion. So those are side gigs that I've held all the while uh, that I've had my full-time job in the fitness industry. Wow, that's so interesting. I mean, what did that look like when you were running your own yoga studio on the side? Does What did that involve, hiring a lot of people to teach? Or, I mean, you were creating yeah. jobs for others. Correct. Yeah. So my husband and I had that that business together and we had a third business partner who was the yogi. So I was really the business side. I was running the business. My husband was doing the marketing and the, the promotion. And then our business partner was hiring the instructors and actually working on the the continuing education. He was running all of the programming. So that partnership worked to allow me to have the other job. Okay, that's cool. Now, with the roles that you play now, you're in leadership, isn't that correct? Correct. Yeah. So I, I, when I say I'm a business, a fitness business executive, I've been a COO for a large franchise group called Fit for Mom. Mm-hmm. I've been a national personal training director for two large club chains. I've been an executive for Les Mills in the U.S. And currently, I'm the vice president of the fitness group for Active Interest Media. And that includes three businesses. It's Idea Health and Fitness, which is a trade. um, It's an association for fitness professionals. I also oversee Idea China, Idea Korea, and Oxygen Magazine. That's so cool. Now, I know that your passion is around teaching people to harness the gift of movement and empowering them to take charge of their health. And you talk about physical transformation equaling mental and emotional transformation. Can you speak more on that? I would love to. You know, I talked about that time working at the women's club and having been a personal trainer for so many years. Um, I can speak firsthandedly that the, the people who choose this as a profession, we we see people transform every aspect of their life by simply taking charge of their physical health. And physical health means it's it's what you eat, it's it's how you move your body, it's the habits you create, it's how you talk to yourself, it's what you tell yourself. It's it's so holistic and so all-encompassing. But when we watch a client take charge of their physical self and shed the excess pounds and and or not, but shed the excess weight of something they may have been carrying, the stress. Um, learning how to find something they love that allows them to move their body freely, it does help them mentally and emotionally, and it really changes every aspect of their life. So that's what fitness professionals find so much joy in doing. Mm -hmm. And I would say at IDEA now, our, our mission has always been to inspire the world to fitness. 
But as fitness professionals, we do this by inspiring people through fitness. And it really is the vehicle whereby we can help people to, we guide them to physically and mentally and emotionally transform their lives. It's so great. Now, Amy, it's interesting when you're talking, I think about, and I don't want to generalize, but but generally speaking, I feel like sometimes there's two camps. There are the people that I know who exercise is like oxygen. It's just, you know, they can't live without it. And it it's probably, my guess is you fall into that camp. And then there's people like me <laughs> who know that it feels so good and enjoy it after, but either are all in or all out, depending on what's going on in their lives. So how does somebody who's more like my mindset, who knows Mm -hmm. that it's so important, I'm certified as a holistic health coach, I'm all about healthy eating and movement and, you know, walking and stuff. How do we make that transition so that we can get the full on benefit and make it a part of a daily practice or a regular practice? Well, I would say first, it's just about honoring where you are. And that's not what I would have told you as a trainer in my 20s. I would have probably gotten you right into a strength program and, and, um, you know, and worked on your eating. And now that I'm in my 40s, and I've watched my own body change through the years and my own attitude toward fitness, my advice is to just start where you are and make one healthy change every day or every week, because it's in the long run, it's the consistency that plays the most valuable role. And you don't ever have to run to meet your fitness goals. You don't ever have to, um, you know, become take hit classes to reach your goals. And there's lots of ways you can experience health and fitness. And so that would be my advice is honor where you are and make small improvements. And then if it feels good, don't look back. Don't go back to that bad habit Mm. and just keep moving forward and adding a new habit every single week. Um, I would say get a coach because there's times when, especially as busy as I am, and I'm sure you are Mm. being mothers and having a career, it's hard to fit it in and it's easy to say no to yourself, but you have to fit it in. And that's where a coach can really give you that accountability that you need as a crutch until you can create the habit of consistency. So that's so helpful. So let's get back into the entrepreneurship and leadership track. What advice would you give a woman who wants to start a business? She's had an idea that's been whispering within her heart and she wants to get out there and and launch. What advice can you give from your experience? So I have three tips that I would share with her and keep in mind that again, the fitness business is unique, that we are constantly helping fit pros to either build their business within a club or build their business outside of a club. So this is something I do on a regular basis is to coach people how to start and build a business and how to keep fueling that business. So the three tips I have are to find and follow your passion and find and follow your superpower and find and follow your network. And I'll elaborate just a little bit on each of those. Um, So for your passion, really, this is always your guiding star. So if 
for me, even though I've always had a side gig, my full-time job was feeding and fueling my passion. And I know that's not true for everyone. So if you can't find your passion within your job, then have it be your side gig. Mm. But all the while you're learning new skills that will help you to get closer to creating or starting your own business. So I've always aligned myself with the top businesses in the industry and the top executives as mentors so I could learn the skills I needed to st- to start my own businesses or to run my businesses more effectively. Um, I've never had an end goal. I always just, whether it was an athlete or building my clientele as a personal trainer, growing the basketball league, I always just wanted to create impact for more people. And that fuels me. It compels me to do more. And greater impact is really my passion. So as long as you're following your passion, then you will get closer to discovering what that business is or weaving it into your own business. Mm. And then moving on to finding your superpower. uh, For me, this is really what we now call your brand. And when you do the work to discover what your superpower is, then you'll be able to allow this to evolve into your brand. So for me, I learned through my experiences in my youth that my gift is connecting others and creating community. Mm. And with every role that I've held and with every business I've started, that has either been at the forefront or it has been weaved into each business that I either run or each role that I hold. Um, And really, it's become the fabric of my leadership style because it allows me to build strong culture-focused organizations. So finding your superpower will help you to build your brand around your business and thereby start to attract people to your business or organization that are like-minded. And then the last, that leads to your network. So once you find these like-minded people, then that's where you'll start to create opportunities to network, to um, surround yourself with people that will help you, will challenge you, will teach you, will expand your influence, they'll ignite your business, and they'll help you along the way in, in creating your business and in starting that journey. That's great. Well, let me ask you just a follow-on question to the superpower. What is a question somebody can ask themselves? It seems that their history, right, their experiences leave clues, but how can somebody really hone in on what that superpower is? So I I did a lot of work on myself as a leader, and I'll, I'll speak to that um, as well. But in that work, a part of the work I needed to do was to see how others perceived me as a leader. Mm. Because even as self-aware as you are, oftentimes you don't know what type of influence you're having, how you're influencing people, and how effective you are as a leader. So for me, finding my superpower came by really being vulnerable to feedback from the people that I was leading Mm. and learning what they felt that my um, strengths were. And, and then finding a common theme between that and, as you said, if I look back to all the things that uh, where I've been successful and where I, I get either the most recognition or the most positive feedback or the most growth, 
that it all will start to connect the dots. Mm. Um, but, but getting the feedback from people that I led was really powerful for me. And it's where I started to really connect the dots. Thank you. That's so good. Um, Amy, what do you believe is the mindset a woman needs to be successful? And when we talk about success on the show, it's really your own definition. Nobody gets to define that for you. But you need to harness certain qualities, I believe, in order to foster that success, whatever that looks like for you. So what what would you say to that? So for me, I would highlight two areas. One is your confidence. And I know that especially for women, um, confidence can be hard to develop or to um, realize. So here it's, it's about, again, it's doing work to stand in your convictions and really know your truth. And um, when fear sets in, you have to keep pressing forward and you have to ask for the money and have the difficult conversations and really start to build self-awareness about how and where you need to grow to gain more confidence. Mm. Um, some confidence comes with experience and other confidence comes intuitively. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth doing the work to see where you might lack and where you have a strong suit and keep developing your confidence around, um, you know, really pressing forward toward whatever your definition of success is. Mm. Uh, and then I talked about communication earlier. Communication is really powerful for every leader and for anyone to realize success, whether you're communicating with your constituents, your employees, you're communicating your vision, but most importantly, it's how you communicate to yourself. And in order to be successful, really, because like you said, success is defined by you. So if you are always telling yourself how you're not physically fit or how you're not good enough or how you haven't had the experiences others have had, you won't realize your own dreams. You'll get in your own way. So how you speak to yourself is the most important dialogue you'll ever have. And it's so important with fitness and physical transformation as well. But I I can't think of a more important place for speaking to yourself positively than when you're building a business and thinking about achieving success. It's, it's so true. Now, do you have any habits around that that you've done? You strike me as somebody who's always been confident, and I could be wrong about that. But the fact that you had the courage to reach out and do things. So I'm just curious, though, if you have any practices. Yeah, it did. Surprisingly, I don't know how or where, maybe from my mother and watching her be so confident in herself and um, and stature. I'm not sure um, where. I've always had a sense of confidence. Mm-hmm. It's truly, it's been tested through my career and and obviously through every every aspect or or, or anything life throws at you. But in, I think that you can you can set an intention. To it's just like exercise. You take small steps and set an intention or a goal around something you want to improve, and work on that piece and catch yourself because self awareness is catching yourself when you're not doing it, just as much as it is catching yourself when you are doing it. Mm-hmm. So if you catch yourself giving negative talk or um, telling yourself you can't or creating fear, self awareness is key. You've got to you've got to stop yourself and change the dialogue. Yeah, no, it's so good. And I think that just from women I've coached and just 
being a woman, I mean, you see it all the time. I think women do undervalue their services and their contribution. And uh, I think it's an important thing that you highlighted um, in terms of what to work on for mindset, because I think it is important. I, and I would just add that, yeah, confidence comes from doing, right? Mm-hmm. So you, maybe you don't have the confidence, like, you know, launching the podcast, right? You know, starting the book, but the more you, writing that first blog post, uh, whatever, you know, having your first coaching client, training your first, I can imagine, right, the first person you train, but with time and experience that the confidence builds. Wouldn't you say that's true? I would. And in fact, the last role that I took, I just started this most recent position in um, July of last year. And it's been incredibly challenging because it's a really big job and there's aspects of it that I haven't had experience in. So while it could test my confidence or, or test my tuition, I've had to consistently pause and, and give myself the positive talk and remind myself that you know, there, there is no rule book. There's no right or wrong way. I really truly have to trust my instinct and lean on mentors and make the decision that I feel is best for the business that I've been entrusted with or that I'm running. Yeah. Um, I think that's so, so key. And, and I'm wondering actually with your background, discipline is a huge part of sports. Mm -hmm. How is that factored into your leadership and your success? Uh, discipline with me, I, I'm a, I'm, I like structure by nature. So for me, discipline is, um, that probably came from my athletic background and, uh, I crave structure. So I do believe in systems and I believe in processes. And to me that creates order. Mm. Uh, COVID has taken me completely out of my comfort space because we've all been reactive and not (laughs) proactive, but I, I do, I would say structure is is for me the discipline that I need to make sure that um, that I'm, you know, as simple as having touch points with your employees at the right point in time, but as complex as moving the business initiatives forward, for me, everything, the discipline comes in structure. And is everything on the calendar? I just, this is interesting. Yeah. It's a conversation that keeps coming up actually mm-hmm. with a lot of the seven figure entrepreneurs, including Kristen, who, as she would say, mm-hmm. systems are her jam, um, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, everything's everything's plotted out, if you will. So I'm curious how you do it. Yes, I have a digital calendar. Everything is in the calendar for me, for the family. I include my breaks. I include times when I have uh, my own growth. So Fridays for me is the day where I will either work on myself or I will reach out to others in the industry to grow from. Um, But everything is scheduled from breaks to workouts to family time, everything. Love it. Okay. Can you please leave the woman listening with your three best tips for living a good life? So first and foremost is health. So please get this dialed in for yourself, whatever fitness, health movement means for you. You've got to get this dialed in. As as we said before, is really, um, this will help you with a mental transformation. It will help you with self-confidence. It will help you with your business interactions. Um, you really are what you eat. So nourish your body to nourish your mind. Um, and that also helps with your relationships and your emotions. So right now we have no excuses. We have nothing but time. So start walking, start moving, get on a bike and sleep well and eat well. Um, second is connection. So for me, living a good life is all about, I shared I'm a natural connector. For me, that's family and friends and network. 
It's essential to find your tribe, but we all have limited time. So I have to surround myself with people who inspire me and lift me up and make me better. And I have to choose carefully how I spend my free time. So, um, so I guard that and family is always first in my life outside of career. And then behind that, I carefully select friends that inspire me. Last but not least is purpose. And I've talked about this earlier on, but align purpose with your career when you are building a business, make it something that you're just so passionate about that really fuels you, that wakes you up in the morning. And if right now it is your side gig, then um, build purpose into your job and take on roles, add additional challenges that really keep fueling you and moving you in the right direction. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. Where can people learn more about you and your work, Amy? So first and foremost, LinkedIn is my favorite platform. It's where I have my net, my networking group for fitness professionals. And my full name there is Amy Boone Thompson. In Instagram, I am business for fit pro with the number four. And in Facebook, I'm Amy Boone Thompson. And then if you were interested, if you are an aspiring fit pro or business owner, you can visit ideafit.com and there's just loads of free resources to help you with your career. Thank you so much. I'll definitely link all of that in the show notes. This has been so inspiring. It makes me want to go for a run right now. like 90 degrees today. No, I know. Exactly. (laughs) Another reason to work out in the early morning. Yeah, it's got hot here in San Diego, no doubt. Um, Thank you so much for your time today, Amy. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. This is Michelle Lamoureux, and you've been listening to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I'd love to continue the conversation over on Instagram, and you can find me at Michelle with one L underscore Lamoureux, L-A-M-O-U-R-E-U-X. And feel free to leave a comment on any of the episodes that you've enjoyed or just leave me a DM or let me know what you would like to hear more about on the show. You can also find all of the show notes over at thegoodlifecoach.com. Thanks as always for tuning in and I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.